If you grew up in the 90s, you knew how amazing Nick was. The shows can't even compare to anything on TV anymore. I myself was a huge Nick fan as a child. I grew up watching Avril Monsters, Rugrats, Catdog, and all the other amazing shows. Back in 1999, when I was 8 years old, my father told me that we were going to Nick's studios for a private tour. My dad had recently opened up his own law firm, and the clients were flooding in. We leave tomorrow morning, so get packing, Dad said. I can still remember the excitement that my eight-year-old self felt. I packed all of my Nick memorabilia with me in hopes that I could get a few autographs. That morning, we flew from Ohio to Florida. I'm sure that I annoyed my parents every ten seconds, asking, Are we close? But as a child, I just couldn't wait. Finally, we got off the plane and headed to Nick's studios. It was everything that I had imagined it would be. The giant orange splat, the green fountain, and the colorful building caused me to let out a shriek of excitement. Now listen, Buttercup. I've got some business to attend to, but that man over there? My dad points to a man waving at us. He's going to give you a private tour. But Daddy, don't you want to see everything too? I protested. But I knew he was gone. I walked over to the man and shyly smiled. Welcome to Nick Studios, he said cheerily. I'm Chuck, your private tour guide. Hi Chuck, I'm Annie. He held out his hand as I shook it. Are there any shows being taped right now? Not today, unfortunately. The studio has some personal business to attend to, he said wearily. Oh, like what? I asked. It's not a big deal, just some technical issues. He motioned me into the entrance of the studio. It was everything I'd ever imagined. Nick characters were plastered all over the walls, but the studio itself was much smaller than I thought. He stopped next to a door. We call this the merch room. Only private tour groups go into here. He opened up the door, and I was in 90s heaven. It was full of Nick products, toys, food, posters, clothes, you name it. Then I heard a static noise and noticed that Chuck was wearing a walkie-talkie. There was a woman on the other line. Chuck, can you copy? Nope, please repeat, he said. We're going to need you to deal with that situation on the top floor. I'm on my way. The radio clicked. Listen, Annie, uh, why don't you take a look at all the merch and pick a few things out? Great, thank you. I said, already ripping open a box of Reptar cereal and eating it straight out of the package. Just promise me you'll stay, okay? He said. Yeah, I can stay. Great, he said, closing the door behind him. After about 30 minutes of drinking cans of soda, trying on various clothing items, and picking out on candy, I needed to use the bathroom really bad. I decided that leaving the room for two seconds and finding the bathroom wasn't going to make a difference, since I assumed he was going to be gone for a while. The next door to the merch room wasn't painted like the others. There was a bland beige that surrounded the brightly colored walls. In fact, it would almost go unnoticed on a regular tour. What kid wants to enter a regular room when Nick has so many other colorful and themed rooms to show? Maybe the bathroom's in here. I said, putting my half-licked lollipop back into a wrapper and sticking it in my pocket. As I opened the door, I saw that the room was dark, which was weird because all the other lights were on. I managed to find the light switch, and what I found in that room changed my childhood and my opinion of Nick forever. 
The walls were covered in missing persons papers, specifically children's. There were dolls, plushes, kids' jackets, and other things left behind. I walked around the pictures of the children. One stood out to me, Rosa Martinez. She was the same age as me when she disappeared, eight years old, missing since 1997. But what stood out to me the most was her Reptar windbreaker. I had never seen anything like it. I searched through these tables filled with toys and clothes left behind, and that's when I saw it. That same exact windbreaker the girl had been wearing in the missing persons picture. That's when I knew something terrible was going on in Nick's studios. I turned off the light, closed the door, and quickly ran back to the merch room. I was so terrified that I completely forgot that I had to pee. My timing was perfect. Chuck walked in two minutes later. I wasn't much of an actress, but I pretended like I hadn't seen anything. Are you okay, Annie? He knew something was wrong. I just have a tummy ache, too much candy, I said, not looking him in the eyes. Why don't we get you back to your dad? He's downstairs in the lobby, he said. I didn't end up telling my dad what I saw until years later, while we were catching up at a restaurant. Hey, Dad, I said. You never told me why you were hired to be a lawyer up at Universal. Oh, I suppose I didn't. His face looked slightly grim, and all the happiness fled from his crystal blue eyes. It's just that I saw something strange that I never mentioned. I know about the hundreds of missing kids. Well then, darling, you know a secret that not many people know of, he said, stirring his straw as speckles of ice bounced around the glass. But those kids, what happened to them? They didn't tell me. They just said they needed help dealing with a situation so that no one would find out, he said. But their parents, I trailed off. They were paid hush money and for a while everything stopped. But in 2004, it started up again. The children began disappearing and the studio feared the word would get out. So they closed next studios for good. He let out a frown. As the years went by, I tried to connect the dots. Was an employee responsible for the disappearances? Or perhaps Nick Studios abducted these children as lab rats to test out new shows? Either way, they disappeared without a trace. Nick Studios is never to return. And maybe that's for the best.